Darren Bailey, the Republican farmer from downstate Illinois, used my favorite word in his debate with billionaire Democrat Governor J.B. Pritzker. The word? Chumbalone. Chumbalone. Every time I look at Pritzker, people suck up to them. Chumbalone. Him, I think of that word, Chumbalone. And Bailey pronounced it perfectly. Chumbalone. Chum-ba-lone. Not chumbaloney. Chumbalone. Chumbalone. What does it mean? As Bailey told voters, as he described the failing city of Chicago as Pritzkerville, the word chumbalone means idiot or fool. Chumbalone. Bailey is no chumbalone. He's a farmer from Xenia, or Xenia, Illinois. And he doesn't want the people of Illinois to be chumbalones either. Chumbalone. But it's perfect for my purposes. I saw the word used in person directly once in a big Chicago mob trial when the Chicago Outfits cop messenger boy, Anthony Pasiafume from Chinatown, who changed his name to Tuan Doyle so that he could become a Chicago cop and become Irish, was called to testify in the outfit federal case known as Family Secrets. The outfit wanted to get rid of evidence in the mob bur- murders of mobster brothers Michael and Tony Spilatro. And Tuan Doyle Pasiafumi was on the witness stand trying to explain what he was doing in that FBI recording, that conversation with Chinatown boss Frank Calabrese. Calabrese was all about hurting witnesses and using cattle prods on witnesses. And throughout the conversation, Tuan kept nodding and agreeing. And from the witness stand, and I was there 20 feet away, the lawyer asked Tuan, why did you keep agreeing? Why were you agreeing to this? Tuan responded, quote, I don't want to look like no chumbalone, like an idiot, said Tuan Pasiafumi Doyle. And just then, the Chicago word became a Chicago legend. Chumbalone. For today, here's the thing. For years now, I've been given out the Golden Mutza Award, which is handed out to morons, idiots, chumps, and chumbalones. We use it to fight the idiocracy. But what about those people who resist the temptation? They don't want to be idiots, fools, stupid, chumbalones. Don't they deserve a, an award too? Now, I can't give Tuan Doyle an award. He got 12 years in prison. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it, Tuan? I think he's out now. But how about a no chumbalone zone award? We can give it to those people who are of independent mind and who fight the idiocracy. Today's guest, longtime Chicago newsman Charles Thomas, now a political consultant, is no chumbalone. Chumbalone. And he wins the first No Chumbalone Zone Award for calling out J.B. Pritzker, for calling out Pritzker for how he treats minorities in Illinois, particularly black voters, from the Safety Act to failed education where the children still can't read or do math at grade level, 
to Pritzker's promise to cut black business people in on Pritzker's legal cannabis gravy train. Remember that? Where are those legal cannabis dealers? Where are those black black dealers? JB? All of that failed. Yet because he calls Pritzker out on that and so many other things, Thomas, an independent thinker, is being vilified by white leftist and liberal reporters. What? Oh, yeah. Charles Thomas is straying off the plantation, and these white liberals, white liberal journalists, are going to spank him back on the plantation. I don't think he's going to go. But you remember what Malcolm X thought of white liberal journalists who acted like that? Oh, you don't? Well, you'll hear about it today. And co-host Jeff Carlin is here as always, longtime producer at WLS Radio and WGN Radio, the master baker, future physics teacher, friend of cats, husband to the lovely Christine. And I'm John Cass, husband, father, Greek Orthodox Christian, husband to the lovely Betty, editor-in-chief of your favorite news site for independent common sense, John Cass News. Subscribe today. And where are you? With the politicians filling the air with their screams and shrieks just days before the November 8th election, and you feel like you've got to wear a hat to keep it out of your hair? With another heavyweight fight, the main event, the race for mayor of Chicago underway, and there'll be more white reporters telling more black people how to think. And if they don't think the right way, they're going to get spanked. And, and then the reporters will ask, why don't, why don't people want to read our stuff? Chumbalone. So where are you with all that happening? You're in the no Chumbalone zone with Charles Thomas, Jeff Carlin, and me on the Chicago Way podcast on WGN+. You know, I do think I learned quickly, and while being in Chicago, I've picked up on some of the lingo, and one of the words that I've found that was used many years ago is the word chumbalone. It means lacking common sense. It, it pertains to the people who are being duped by their elected officials. But in this case, I believe that elected officials are the fools here because J.B. Pritzker, Lori Lightfoot, and Kim Fox, well, they're the chumbalones of, of Chicago. They're responsible for the crime, the corruption, and the chaos that exists today, and it's got to change. Look, the, the, the Chicago way is a deep cultural phenomenon. It's the Chicago way. The Chicago way. That's the focus. In a tower by the river, there lived a man. There was a man who took a stand with pen and paper in his hand, defeating foes in every ward with a pen more mighty than the sword. No escape from his ink lasso in a tower by the river, castle. Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. As I promised, uh, Charles Thomas spent 25 years or more in Chicago journalism as the um, political reporter for WLS-TV Chicago, ABC affiliate here locally. 
And all that time, as I was working at City Hall and as political writer and as columnist in this town, I noticed that this guy's a tough guy, okay? He doesn't take bleep. He stands his ground. He gets in your face. Don't treat him like a fool. But here's the, what's going on now. We've got a lot of uh, white liberal journalists treating the, trying to treat this man like a fool. He endorsed and said kind things about Darren Bailey. And immediately he's criticized. So that's why I just sent uh, Jeff Carlin a, a, a Malcolm X tape, which I want to talk about. But also welcome Charles Th- Thomas to the Chicago Way. Hey, Charles. Hey, thanks. Thanks a lot, John. You know, you said I was there 25 years. I was actually there 30 because Whoa. I worked in the Midwest Bureau of ABC News uh, since the mid eighties. And, and, uh, I was assigned here in Chicago and I worked in the same building as ABC seven. And in 1991, I came over and worked locally, uh, for ABC seven, because I was tired of the network traveling that a network correspondent has to do. So I've, I've had a lot, I was, I was in Chicago during the wash, the last, part of the Washington years, all of the Sawyer years. And then, of course, uh, Mayor Daley's long run when, when, of course, you were there working at City Hall. Well, those, the, the last years, the last days and, <laughs> and weeks of the, of the Washington era, uh, we saw a terrible manipulation of the public will and the public heart by the left which positioned Tim Evans as the spiritual son of Harold Washington. Number one, they, they went from a uh, partisan election to a nonpartisan election, which basically right. uh, said to black voters that, no, you will no longer control a Democratic primary, and you're going to have to go through <laughs> this uh, runoff uh, situation. The Democrats did this. The Democrats yes. did this. They did this. Right. And they, they knowingly did it. They also took over the Chicago public schools at that time, um, which, I, which has not worked out well uh, for, for black think? residents. Yeah. <laughs> they did a lot of things. And they've been continually doing them uh, for the past, what, what is it now, 25, 30 years? Yeah. They've been doing these things over and over again. And black voters don't get it. They haven't gotten it because I don't think they've had the proper education about well, it. Some <laughs> have, and some have, and you have, and that's why you stood up. I mean, in the popular, uh, popular cartoon like history, cartoonish history, um, the uh, I, I refer to the. Uh, to roots, you know that the documentary where the uh, where Kunta Kinte is beaten, he keeps escaping, they, and he's finally hamstringed. Right? They cut his hamstrings. So yeah, they cut. They cut his uh, leg or something like that. And what we have now is uh, if a black man steps off the. Democratic political plantation. Oh, I love that. I love that. They're immediately, beautiful man. 
Thank you, man. That they call me a writer, and they immediately, <laughs> you're immediately like, I don't know, hamstrung. Yeah, you're, you're called. You're called someone who can't think for himself. You're called a tool of the man, if I want to use 1960s slang, and uh, you're basically mocked, just as your former colleagues from WOS, uh, Andy Shaw and um, Mark Gian Greco, mocked you for doing this uh, po- political piece and 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 ad for Darren Bailey. Well, first understand that. For the past three years, I have had a political consultancy. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a political consultant. I have other clients, and those clients include Democrats. Uh, but I've never worked in a campaign before, and that's what that's what I'm doing differently now. Um, that whole notion of the uh, Democrat plantation is is so perfect. And, and let me explain it. Uh, what happens is the party uh, promotes these black elected officials. Yeah. Uh, they, they are basically, they do the party's bidding as opposed to the bidding of their constituents. And they do it for this, you know, $100,000 or whatever it is that they get every year, their paychecks. And these are their jobs. If you notice that black elected officials, they aren't attorneys or doing, or, or doctors or do some other involved in some other profession or business. This is what they do. And they do it for the party as opposed to the constituents. Mm. Then the Democratic Party in, in Chicago and Cook County, they have this network of nonprofit social services agencies allegedly serving the black community. The founders of those nonprofits are styled as black community leaders <laughs> who support the Democrats in office by not either not criticizing <clears throat> them uh, so that they will continue to receive those state grants. That's why you don't you either hear from them in support of these Democrat right. politicians or they just don't say anything that when they know that this cycle of dependency Man. continues so this is how they keep people on the plantation well Myself, you well, yeah i ran off i absolutely <laughs> ran off because and i was Catch able him. to run off send the because, hounds after him right well yeah the the twitter bark the barking twitter yeah. dogs i think that's what i called them <laughs> when i responded to mark gian greco who called me a sellout i'll get to that in a minute but the, the barking twitter dogs are chasing me and i wrote in my by uh, reply to his tweet, run Charles, run <laughs> because I'm go- I'm going to the river, and if any of you all want to come with me, come with me, and that's what I'm saying to black voters in Chicago and Cook County. Let's face it: what has the Democratic Party done for you lately? No, you're, look at your schools. Look at your neighborhoods. Well, can kids read at grade level? Yeah, most of they them? can. Right. And, and the Democrats control everything. Right. That's the you thing. Can, you cannot blame Donald Trump or a Republican for what's happening 
to the public schools in your area. I'm not just talking about Chicago. You can go to Harvey. You can yeah. go to Maywood. You can go any places where black people live and are concentrated. It is a horrible, horrible situation. So I want people to wake up and understand who's doing this to you. Yeah. Your well, taxes. They, your, they can't, your the taxes, children can't do the math. The kids can't do the math at grade right. level. They can't read at grade level. Their homes, particularly in the south suburbs. Oh my gosh! I, I hey, everybody, you're all welcome yeah. to come to St. John, Indiana, what, right across from the south <laughs> well, suburbs. Check it out. You because the, I, we have we have uh, low taxes here. You know, I've had clients in the south suburbs doing political stuff. That's where I work right. with a lot of Democrats. Yeah, and people in places like Madison, Illinois, oh, which is a geez. beautiful community. But they are paying more in property taxes than their mortgage principal and interest. More in property tax. Their property tax bill can easily, in Madison, Illinois, on a $400,000 house, be eighteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a year. Jesus I, I'm not Christ. making this up. In no, fact, you're not. Re- yeah, I've Res seen Publi- it. yeah, Res Publica did the big investigation. Did, did I get their name right? Yes, did. Yeah, they did a big investigation that basically documented that you're paying more of that a black homeowner in in a place in the south suburbs is pay, right. paying more in property taxes than a white homeowner in Winnetka, given the value of their home, because you can't sell your house in Madison because right. the taxes are too high. I'm having trouble processing not only Chumbalone and what they did to you, but also, uh, you know, the Democrats control the Cook County, right? right. They control right. Cook County government. The head of it is is Boss Preckwinkle, yeah. Boss Tony. But guess who has to come out and explain that your property tax bills are going to be late? They send the yeah. Greek lady, Maria Pappas. <laughs> oh, yeah, Maria. <laughs> what, what? Come on, Maria, uh, why, yeah. why, why, why are you taking a beating? You're like <laughs> and, the and, whipping girl, you know? But why Why are those bills being, being issued late? Right. Because they don't right. want... For the election. Come on, right. folks. Yeah. Look Wait, at yeah. Other Wake you. up, you chumbalones. <laughs> Wake, Wake up. That's all I'm asking my people to do is to wake up. And this was put in such graphic in, in, in such in a, such a graphic reality in the cannabis deal. Oh, where, yeah. where J where JB sat there in front of <laughs> you and said, we're going to have equity, 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 whatever that is. And black people got nothing. That ad is 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 has opened a nerve. I'm telling mm. you, man. You wouldn't like believe the, how they're, like they're, the coming, at, they're coming at voice. me. They're they're coming at me on that that one. I mean, they're uh, really coming well. at me. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, but, one. That's, but that's that's fair. the one that's 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 really um, uh, you know, uncovered the, the the wound. The scab is gone now. I mean, it's it's a bleeding wound again. Because of that ad that we put on that pointed out what he did on this cannabis piece. He right. denied black people generational wealth. There should be at least uh, 15 to 20 percent right. of those stores should be owned by African-Americans. But now they got this what they call social equity movement where they're going to let you they're going to let black homeowners. They're going to give them preference. Well, yeah, we get to we get to open a, uh, a cannabis store in Roseland. How'd right. you like to do a cash business down there? Yes. Right? No, I wanted black people should have had a I want shot. one in Highland Park, man. Yeah, Skokie, <laughs> Northbrook, Northside. Where the Bucks are. Yeah, exactly. But Hinsdale. no, we got 
Western basically, Springs, where John Cass used to live. Yeah. Basically, JB is, this is apartheid. That's all, that, that, that's what JB is sponsoring, apartheid for black people. About apartheid. Yeah, I well, point that out. I point that out, and I'm the bad guy. I'm the bad guy. Well, Charles, and, and, I, I, it's, I'm so glad you're here, too. I mean, your, your history tells us everything. I mean, the idea that people, you, you've seen this firsthand. You have a perspective that, let's be, let's be frank and honest, majority of people in, in reporting and media in this city do not have that perspective, meaning, you know, most of them look like me or John. And then Hey, wait out, a minute. Well, I mean, hey. And uh, I'm not a ginger with freckles, man. (laughs) But you hit it on the head earlier. We we kind of got to the point, and John gave me this clip a little earlier. But the idea that, that, and we kind of talked about this forever, that that that, you know, the geography shouldn't be the the differential. If you look at Matheson and you look at you know, look out uh, out west in the suburbs up by where I grew up, the property tax rates are the same. They're paying just as much, but look what they're getting for their money, right? I mean, that's well, not only that, but keep in mind that. The Democrats right. under under Madigan, Burke, Cullerton, Berrios, all these guys involved in, in the tax game, right? Mm-hmm. They reduce the taxes on the rich guys, and that, of course, makes them flow out to the rest of us who have to pay the taxes on our homes because Madigan would finagle uh, some skyscraper downtown sure. to, to reduce their tax. We, you know that scam. We, you guys yeah. have talked about that quite a bit over the years but those are your democrat party leaders right who are the ones who are in the tax scam and I, i'm just pointing it out those right are and, that, facts and that are, yeah that's that's the thing that that the idea is that you've been it's not that you know and to be frank to be fair to put at least out charles you're, you're you're not you're working for dan prof's soup pack you're not working directly for bailey no, not and, at all not right at all. and so you're working against principle because you've seen what one party rule has done you've seen what one party promising the sky to one group and giving it behind their back to the other group has done for all these years and so that's the reasoning people want to say oh you know charles will turn to the dark side he's a conservative or he's a trumpist or whatever the crap right that's right, not right. it you just said the wool pulled back from behind your eyes you see what you've seen what's going on and and but, speak to that, Charles, because you've known Dan for a long time, okay. and it's not like Dan just came to you with a bucket full of cash and said, "Hey, I need somebody who people respect to, to get my message heard." You know Dan, you know what Dan's been about, and he and, wouldn't have come to Charles otherwise. Well, he, he, that's my, he only came to him well, because he's got uh, the intellect, right? Well, but people want to make that 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 saying that he sold out because he ran for the money. That's not what this well, is. Well, here, here's the play. Here's the play. Now, as a political reporter, I had to work both sides of the aisle. And believe me, there were assholes on both sides. But there were but there were good people on both sides. And I met many of these people who were Republicans who were good people. Yeah. I know they're good people. I connected with with Darren Bailey as a Christian. I met a God fearing man, a prayerful man, a man who, like me, tries to be, tries to be the best Christian we can be. I connected with the guy that way. A few weeks later, because Darren Bailey and I had this connection, Dan called. And he said, well, would you support him for governor? I said, absolutely. I would support a guy like that for governor who who I would trust not to lie to people, not to abuse people or manipulate a situation. 
that's where Darren Bailey comes from. He's a he, he's a school board president. That's how he made his bones in Clay County. Then he and his wife opened a Christian school because they didn't they thought that their children and their community could get a better education that way. I I most of what Darren said to me, and I say most, not all. I agree with him on those issues, but Pritzker's twisting it every yeah. mi- every minute. Oh yeah, he's, it's, it's he's making it sound like he's like a, like a, like a snake dancing, yeah, racist, you know, a, cl- a, a Klansman or a yeah. Nazi or something. I mean, right. come on, this guy is a farmer. That's right. what he does. His dad was a farmer. He's a farmer. His sons are farmer. They're into yeah. agribusiness. They are not wealthy. I've heard the Tribune describe him as a wealthy farmer. Well, I mean, he has own, owns a lot of land. I'll give him that. But they, the, WBEZ did a story on his tax returns. I think he made he made a couple of hundred thousand dollars one year and uh, one hundred eighty thousand dollars another year. He's got I a said, good accountant. You you can't you <laughs> can't you can't buy a garage in JB's neighborhood. <laughs> for, for two hundred thousand dollars, you and can check it can out. You even toilets out of it. You you yeah, yeah, wait, wait a minute. Right. Wait. Yeah. I call the point of personal privilege on just, JB's yeah. behalf. Right. How much does it cost to buy toilets in JB's neighborhood? <laughs> I know, are. but I Whoa. mean, it's. A, I, I love. Look, man. One of your greatest hits is Commodious Maximus. <laughs> I've told you that, right? But yes, I mean, here's have. a guy. How could a guy who's Thank a you. billionaire try to save two hundred thousand dollars on taxes? You gotta be greedy and then for blame that. his I mean, wife. Greedy. And, then, and, blame his and wife. then have his wife wear the jacket. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But you gotta be greedy. It's like you the people who are greedy, what do they do? They 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 eat too much. They do just greedy stuff. They project. And the man is greedy, and he and he's a horrible politician for him to do that cannabis deal and not understand that people like me were going to be pissed. You right. know the 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 uh, temptation is Andy Shaw, who ignores the fact that his uh, son-in-law Christopher Hayes is a oh, caddy yeah. caddy for uh, socialist right. Rachel Maddow yeah. on NBC, <laughs> and Jean Greco. Uh, ignores the fact that his bro, Gian Greco, is like a Democratic political operative. Oh, yeah, he makes it. I mean, he gets a lot more than $50,000 yeah. a week. But in defense of the Gian Greco brothers, yeah. those guys are hardcore hockey players. And that puck flies around, <laughs> and it can hit you in the head. I don't neither know. Greeks, guys, Greeks don't play Neither, neither of those man. guys are the brightest bulbs on the tree. Believe me, the Gian Greco <laughs> brothers, you know, Part of me is sympathizes with them, and now now Ron Majors is another one who chimed in on. That was, he, he, he's talking about my ethics. Yeah, Ron Majors oh, yeah. again. He's horse another player. guy. Yeah, yeah, horse player, a guy <laughs> who who can read a teleprompter really well. But I, yeah. everything I said on television, I wrote, I wrote, and either of those guys, neither neither of those guys. Speaking of Mark and Ron. They haven't worked in the industry as as, as the level of professionalism that I had to meet when I worked for ABC News back when ABC News was something. They never came worked on that level. Didn't Mark have some issue uh, with uh, a black colleague? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Cheryl Burton. And you know what? And now he's now he's using you to cleanse himself. 
And right. I was Come one on. of the people who defended him during that period because I know what he's like. I know his personality. But I didn't realize he was so engrossed in this liberal uh, think that Before we he would attack me. Listen, this guy? Charles, I want to remind people we're speaking to Charles Thomas, longtime veteran political reporter for WLS-TV Channel 7 Chicago. He stood up for himself and for black people who don't want to be on the Democratic political plantation and immediately was vilified by the entire Chicago media, by the entire press corps, as someone who was out of control. You know, the guy who who sucks up to the lobbyists in Springfield put you on his blog. You were a terrible person. Everyone was saying you're a terrible person. But before we before we continue, I want you to I want to set up this audio from a guy who had similar problems with the white left, and people keep forgetting about him. And those who profess to talk about uh, black politics, they forget about him. And uh, Jeff has the uh, audio lined up. His yeah, name was Malcolm X. Mm. Yeah, Charles, I mean, you, you kind of led us to this uh, in, in serendipitously about the, the discussion about the Washington era and, and in the post era and how it was this idea that these leaders were selling people out, selling out their own people for a little bit of tokenism. And uh, Malcolm X, you know, he, he nails it on the head with this clip. That, that white person that you see calling himself a liberal is the most dangerous thing in the entire Western Hemisphere. He's the most deceitful. He's like a fox. And a fox is almost is always more dangerous in the forest than the wolf. You can see the wolf coming. You know what he's up to. But the fox will fool you. He comes at you with his mouth shaped in such a way that even though you see his teeth, you think he's smiling. Mm. No wonder they killed him, huh? They had oh, well, for sure. Yeah, right. they had to. Because, you know, that was the truth. And the one thing that the, the Democrats, whatever they say to you, yeah. believe the opposite. That's what they're doing. They blame you for what they're doing. When I'm talking about misdeeds and mismanipulation, yeah, sure. they blame you. They are the ones who are not democratic. Why do you attack me because I have an opinion? If it's that's not democratic, that the, the basic building block of democracy is free speech, the First Amendment. And mm. they want to deny me speech. I'm not a reporter right now. I'm a political consultant. Right. I have a business. I can do what I want. I should be able to do what I want, but yeah. not be called a sellout. Who did I sell out? Yeah. Tell me who I sold out. You sold out. You did sell people out, Charles. You sold out those who would want to trick black people into being chumbalones. Absolutely. Okay? And you and sold out too, pal. Oh, yeah. I sold out definitely. <laughs> Listen, do not... Be a chumbalone. Chumbalone is what Anthony Passiafume <laughs> wanted to be a Chicago cop, so he changed his name to Anthony Doyle and had and hid the evidence that the FBI was looking for in the murders of um, the Spalatro brothers. Well, De- definitely one of the best takeaways from uh, the the, the so he's on, uh, Prisker. So he's on the uh, on the witness stand. And he's nodding, and they're showing a tape 
of him nodding his head. Uh, Frankie Calabrese Sr., the Chinatown boss, wants to take a cattle prod to um, to witnesses, you know, with electricity. And mm. uh, and uh, and uh, Tuan Doyle, this fellow is nodding his head. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you know, doing that. And they asked him on the witness stand, why were you nodding? Why were you agreeing to the boss who was talking about torturing witnesses with a kettle prod? And he said, uh, I didn't want to look like an idiot. I didn't want to look mm. like some chump alone. <laughs> mm. And so that's, therefore, I now we're going to have an award called the No Chump Alone Award. And I give it the first award if he can pronounce the name properly, to Charles Thomas. <laughs> Chumbalone, I accept the award. The, the, you are the, not, no, you have to say, I'm not a, ch- no Chumbalone zone. Say it, Charles. No Chumbalone zone. There it is. Perfect. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. So, uh, okay, in, in retrospect, and we've put all this together, yeah. Um media coming down on you the way they have other and i don't even know what your politics are you say you're christian okay fine that's cool whatever you want but uh glenn lowry and others have been vilified for um being black conservatives i i noticed that thomas Sowell, jason riley uh jason whitlock they're constantly harangued and beaten up by these racist chicks on w and msnbc uh yeah and people and and people nod their head but they would not nod their head if uh say if white people were white conservatives were uh throwing disparaging crap at black people they would not they wouldn't agree they wouldn't allow it but they allow this why why man i i agonized over this for really the past several years. Not I, I, I wasn't a liberal. I kind of would watch this MSNBC stuff and CNN right. and kind of go, whoa, wow. And <laughs> I, could, I could see that there was something askew here in how these people were talking and particular, particularly when they would get involved in this anti, these anti-Trump rants yeah, and nothing yeah. would come of it right nothing would come of it and i go well wow what what was that about and they did it two or three times and it became well apparent it was always apparent but it became more apparent that this was some part of a movement um that i didn't really want to have any part of because i understood journalism and i knew that what they were doing was it wasn't it wasn't journalism it was basically advocacy and i didn't learn the business that way i didn't learn the profession i should say that way and so i kind of tuned it out um but i agonized over whether or not i should go public with something like that yeah uh and and i said well you're retired you got eight grandchildren going on nine and you got a beautiful life you know, got a pension, actually, because when I started in the business, he actually had pensions. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, I said, I'm, I'm doing fine. I, I'm doing yeah. fine. You know, I, I saved when I was working and I, I'm doing fine. But 
when this opportunity presented itself, I said, man, partisan politics, do I want to do that? And I believe I was I was actually watching Jason Whitlock on television one night, and he talked about men having to stand up again and be men. And I said, whoa, man, talk about a challenge. Yeah. And I thought it through and I said, man, if men don't stand up, we're going to lose this country. We are going to lose this country if men don't stand up and talk. Some of the cultural stuff that the Democratic Party is de facto supporting. I'm not into that. And I don't believe most black men are into that. Drag queen library uh, talks. Yeah, yeah. like drag I don't queen, think so. Drag, drag queen library, man, or some of this, some of this pronoun nonsense, and some oh, of this yeah. fifty-nine different genders and all that. I mean, if I see you and I think you're a woman, I'm going to say yes, ma'am, ma'am. Excuse <laughs> mm. me, ma'am. You I'm going to do it, now. and that's I'm, the way I'm going to. That's how I roll. I'm, I'm not, thinking I'm, of, I'm, I'm thinking of those black drill sergeants that used to run the United States military. There you okay? go. I mean, what, what, what can they and, do what they do? And every neighborhood needed men like this to live in it, black or white or brown or whatever. And, 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 and let me go one foot, one step further in terms of where I'm coming from and what would cause me to act one way politically or not. The major crisis that black people face today right. is in the nuclear family. Yeah, we have men who are fathering children but not parenting them i my it's my belief that every child born into this world should be parented by the male and the female who conceived that child now i understand that's not going to happen every time there are going to be problems but that has to be the north star again and as long as we somehow try to avoid having that configuration of a nuclear family as the North Star, this country is going to have problems because that's the basic building block of any society. How dare you, sir, talk (laughs) about things that white liberal, particularly particularly the uh, white liberal men who are so worried about pronouns, you know? Yeah. I I can't, that you bring this up is indicator to me, and I don't want to be sarcastic, but indicator of uh, indicative of uh, why you're being attacked. Yeah. And, you, and if you know, if you want to do something for the black community, instead of, you know, doing all these ads about, you know, wearing masks and, <laughs> and, and all and all this, <laughs> this kind of stuff. Right. Why don't we why don't we throw up billboards along 79th Street that talk about parenting? One of the biggest be disappointments I had being a father. Right. Being a parent, though, uh, it, yeah. you know, they can they can father, but let's parent yeah. the children that right. we father. <laughs> right. One of the, my biggest disappointment with Barack Obama, yes, is the fact that he did not use his role as a father at the bully pulpit to impress upon people. Hey, you can be like me. You can you can father your children, parent your children the way. Michelle and I do. No, I never saw those billboards yeah. along 79th Street or along Stony Island where th- th- that message was being given to people. He came, came with it later in sort of like, a, let's do a program. 
you know. And yeah, it was, but, but it wasn't I, the same. Like, I, I wanted him to do that. I wanted him to do exactly what you're saying, to go and to talk about those homes where there is no father and the kids are uh, boy, particularly young men, where there are no father and no mother. Right. These boys There's are nothing. growing. The boys are growing up. I I once said feral because they're pointing guns at each other and shooting each other and killing because right. they're being raised by the streets. I mean, and, and I was uh, vilified for that. I, maybe I shouldn't have said feral. I didn't mean to offend anyone. I well, was trying not, to not, speak out for the, the children. You have you know? to tell the truth at some point. I mean, when we look at those videos of oh. people being attacked, that they're censoring, by the way, as much as they can. Uh, those young men who are perpetuating those attacks, we know who they are, but I would bet you, man, any amount that they all come from fatherless homes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, the, and that there is no one to tell them, man, if I did something like that, man, my father would beat my natural oh, my ass. God. Cause <laughs> I had a father at home. Yeah, I had him. He, he wasn't rich. He worked yeah. at the post office. But when I came home and he and, and if I did anything the slightest bit stupid, I knew I had to deal with him. So I didn't do anything stupid. If you brought dishonor on, on your family name, oh, you, man. you'd have to deal with him. You'd yeah, have to that, deal with him. That was a man protecting his family name. Yeah. And, and and we don't have that anymore. We and, don't and, have that anymore. And, and speaking of of kind of that that idea, and and, and it's really the, we've talked about this too. But if you call it out, if you call out the the problems or shortcomings facing you know the black community in Chicago, you know I John, I do it, and we're called racists. You do it, and you're called a conservative Trumper for some reason. And it's this <laughs> idea that it's like okay, so just pointing out the issues, the failed issues that are, are facing us, that makes you the bad guy. I mean, it's the same thing with this, like, safety act. Like, we call it, hey, the safety act's got problems. Well, you're a racist, and you make people, you're just trying to scare white people uh, that black people are bad. Well, no, that's not the point at all. The point at all is that you're doing things without thinking about them, thinking about their consequences. And Charles, you and I talked about this before we got on air, but speak to kind of how that's changed a little. I mean, how media and things have kind of changed the way we even report anything, because it used to be you can report the facts, but now the facts have a bias or facts are they're, they're, they're slanted. But in your career, and you've been out of the game since 2017, but you've seen these things happening with media and, and, and everything. How has this this process changed, in your opinion, as being a reporter, uh, with the impact of media, with the impact of the internet, with the impact of how everybody now has some sort of voice, whether it's right, wrong, or whatever? There is tradition. There is e- extreme pressure right now on the so-called mainstream media. I mean, the major papers in most cities, uh, that the television stations, the affiliated ones. I get most of my news off my phone. Um, you know, I have my select, my selected, uh, you know, uh, there's sources, right? So sources. And, and that's where I get my news. And I believe most people get their news these days from places other than the mainstream media. And because mm-hmm. of that, circulations are going down. Viewership is going down on Channel 7, 5, 9 and, and such. So there's tremendous pressure on those eight, those uh, news sources so that they now are trying to market themselves 
to a, the, as large an audience as possible. In the case of the, I think the Chicago Tribune, and John, you probably oh. see a lot more about them than I do, but I noticed that during the campaign, the 26th, before the 26th campaign, the Tribune, which was always a center right, uh, you know, organ, if you will, yeah. suddenly I saw seven people writing really pro Hillary Clinton stuff. And only one, it wasn't you. There was one guy who was sort of holding the fort uh, for the Tribune. Then they moved you off the second page. Big (laughs) message to the readership. Put you in the back. And now they have all liberal columnists. I don't read one conservative. I can't name you one conservative writing for the Chicago Tribune. Charles, the, uh, it's a jo- the paper is a joke. A total they endorse, joke. They endorse, look, they talk about, okay, here's what gets me. They talk about crime. They talk about crime, then they endorse Tony Preckwinkle. Mm. They talk about crime, but then they endorse J.B. Pritzker. The people who are being killed and who are most at risk by the uh, Safety Act aren't the white leftists who are living in wicker park telling the tribune what to do the people who are threatened most by the re- the release of violent criminals are black and brown people because they're the victims 90 percent of the time but no one cares to, seems to care about them this is like let's ignore it because politics and power is what they care about and it's thoroughly disgusting I, I saw the Tribune. Um, you, remember that in 2008 and 2006, 2016, mm-hmm. yeah, those both Obama's term and then Hillary running in 2016, right. that there were they were so-called favorite son, a favorite son and a favorite daughter. And mm-hmm. the Tribune at that point, I thought, was playing to the left because you know hillary won 87 percent of the city's vote and most of the suburbs and you know and so did obama because they were local people so i saw this tribune begin to begin to move in a direction for marketing purposes as opposed to the public uh, square i mean they 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 started to i think lean that way because they wanted to play to what they figured was a a groundswell of support for these two Democrat candidates. Um, and they Barack started, Obama, I'm sorry, was not. Uh, I wish he, I wanted him to do more. And he disappointed a lot of black people in the city. Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, a lot of maybe a, maybe a lot more black people than even white people. But yeah, oh, definitely, because they, 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 cl- they cleave to the idea of Barack Obama to protect themselves from the uh, accusations uh, that they hurl at others about racism. But I give you March, March 17th, 2016, there was a column in the Chicago Tribune and it was called Hillary can't win. Mm. And it was written (laughs) Hillary Clinton will not be elected president of the United States. I wonder who wrote that. Because she can't win that one. That's why. Oh, who wrote it? 
that's me, and that's how I sealed my fate with the lefties in this <laughs> in the media with that with that one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, they Definitely. totally dominated. They they made Eric Zorn look like a moderate man. I would read, you know, Zorn hung on for a long time, but I started to read Zorn and I said, man, Zorn actually sounds reasonable now because these other people, I mean, they were just way off the hook. Now they don't have anybody, anybody on their roster who says anything. If you say something, it might offend people. Uh, Eric Zorn, uh, who he and I don't agree on anything except the fact that apparently we both love that uh, Good Night Ladies episode, uh, segment in the... the uh, Full Metal Jacket. No, it was Good Night Ladies in, uh, in uh, <clears throat> The Music Man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me, but that may be true or, or not. But Eric did uh, question whether or not we were going to make, we meaning the media, was going to make a hero out of this budding young gangbanger in little village who care ran through the alley oh, with a gun oh, and then turned man. around when the police officer, the poor guy had come from Iraq uh, cabinet. I mean, uh, combat veteran and was almost crucified by Lori Lightfoot and the rest of them over it. Yeah, I'm Toledo case. And that's the case that Zorn wrote about too. And got, he got lit up by the left. That's what, that's what know. Charles means. I know. Right? Lit up. But, John, you, you, you've had later experience than I. Yeah. But who are the editors, man? That's they the point, Charles. Me, who are yeah. the editors these days? I can't, I look at the news sometimes, network news, yeah. local news. Who are the editors? When I worked there, man, I gotta I gotta give Jennifer Graves, yeah, the former the sure. news director at ABC Seven. She made sure that we had editors who watched what we wrote and we said and we had balance. These days, I don't know who the editors are anymore. They don't want to be known, and um, yeah. well, they don't exist. Look, we don't. <laughs> there is no uh, the only people who write media criticism in Chicago. Uh, for years, we had Michael Miner, who was basically a lefty, you know, was, not basically, was a lefty with a pen. And um, the other one is uh, was Robert Feeder, who covered it as if it was like celebrity gossip news. Right, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the media is celebrity gossip news. But there was no, and oh, they loved him. They kissed his ass on the way out. But, <laughs> yeah. but even though they knew who exactly he right. was and what he was. But um there is no conservative uh, media criticism. And I think that's what conservatives need is a legitimate scholarly approach to uh, not, not, I don't like them because they say something that I don't like, but and like joy Reid. I don't know. I think Dan Prof's doing a good, pretty good job at being a, being a conservative critic, critic of the media landscape, but, yeah, but, but you know what, what, one other thing, one other thing to note about the media landscape in Chicago these days is that there is absolutely no credible media source for the black community. None. Uh, I mean, it's all gone. It's it's disappeared. You have WBON radio, which I think is bought and sold by the Democrats. Yeah. And then you you don't have any any real media. You have, you have a lot of small people, a lot of small blogs and and such. But there isn't that Chicago defender anymore. 
um, that presence there that you had to you had to run it by the defender before you before you could um, you know ah. before you could really pursue the policy. There's nothing right. like that. The Democrat Party, because of no nobody watching, is running amok. And the fact that Dan Croft would underwrite somebody like me to go out there and basically speak truth that that just thoroughly blows him away because I think they basically thought they had the black media or the fact that the that black people were in check because they had no media to tell them that not to vote for JB because he did this or he didn't do that. Wait a minute. They they don't have that. Didn't JB make a fool out of himself just a few years ago when the FBI tapes came out showing his racist, racist commentary on black people? Yeah, because he's a racist. You're forced to put an African-American in the spot, which I, my guess is, you're not forced to do anything, but you know, my guess is a lot of pressure to do it. Um, of all the African-Americans I can think that are sort of like qualified and people and vetted and people will say, oh, that's, you know, that's, that's a pretty good pick. The one I, you know, that is least offensive and maybe gets you the most because it gets you that Secretary of State appointment is Jesse. The one I, you know, that is least offensive and maybe gets you the most. So why is that ignored? It's not. Don't worry. We we got something planned for him. But remember that it happened in 2018, during the 2018 campaign. And Jesse White gave him a pass. Right. Well, I didn't. I was, well, he all right. Uh, he, Mount Moss didn't mean it, what he said. You know, that kind of thing. Jimmy DeLeo said it was okay. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. Jim, Jimmy DeLeo said it was okay. And then. Don't be a chump alone, Jess. I love that. D hyphen DeLeo. How you doing? How you doing? D D hyphen. How you well, doing? Well, Jesse always would say to me, uh, you know, we got along very well. He would always say, you know, he would never say this publicly, but privately he would say, hey, John, you know, he'd just try to bust my chops a little bit. And he would say, los mavros, you know, uh, and that meant I'm a good black man, you know, like oh I'm a good black, like, you know, how oh people, racists yeah. say the blacks, oh, that kind of thing. The blacks, yeah, like the and lady was, in L.A. Yeah, yeah, the lady in L.A. And he was making it, uh, he was making a joke out of it. But I would say, I'd say to try to bust him back, I would say, Jesse, you're not black. The states that the uh, Illinois Secretary of State's office is Italian. Get it through your head. Don't be a chump alone. Yeah, well, you know, because yeah, but, who ran it? Right. Come on. Well, you know what's his name? Uh, e- e- Emil Jones didn't <laughs> think very much about uh, JB's comment. No. Love to talk. To, love to talk to him these days. I don't. I don't know where he is. I hear a lot about his son, but uh, not him. He's got, but he's got his troubles. But you know, Emil, uh, if you hear this, contact uh, Charles Thomas, please. And we you guys would have a great lunch together. Yeah, love to put him on a commercial. Man. There you go. Yeah. Well, Charles, <laughs> Charles, it's been a blast to, talk, to catch up with here. And I got to say, as you know, as a as a producer, someone who's on the other end of booking, you know, talent and stuff. Charles, you were always at the top of the list for pretty much every host I've ever had as far as political commentary or, or getting well, a breakdown. That, but you were I always busy because, like you said, you were, you wrote your own stuff. You were a busy man. So we didn't always get to tap, tap you. But I got to ask you before we let you go, Charles, what is what you got lunch this afternoon with a, 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 a source, someone, a client, somebody. Where are you taking him? Where's Charles go for lunch when he's well, going to go to uh, for the food? 
depends on who I'm taking, you know. Sure, but sure. for the food, it's Alice's Barbecue. It's on 43rd Street. And um, nice. there's nowhere to eat, nowhere to sit in there to eat. You got to go out to the car and it gets pretty messy. <laughs> but uh, Alice's Barbecue, 43rd Street. It's like 43rd in Indiana, thereabouts. And uh, it's rib tips to die for. All right. I I'm love here. It. And, and I'm telling you, keep your head on a swivel. <laughs> That's the thing. Do I have to wear have a stick at my side to get rib well, tips? You need to, you gotta answer? have you gotta have an attitude when you go in there into Alice's, but I'm telling you, the rib tips are the best. The tips are, are the best. All right. And they well, make them in one of those old um smokers, the glass thing, you know. Yeah, the it's aquarium kind of, smokers. It's yeah, too yeah, smoke. That greasy on the outside, but man, <laughs> Alice can throw down. And you gotta get the tips. They got yeah, we the should large, do a whole piece on that. And the mini tips. The aquarium smoker yeah. is a real Alice. smoker, unlike yep. the gas smokers. If I, I see some rib master talking about his ribs, and then I see it's a gas smoker, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm out of here. I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm done with you. <laughs> well, Charles, yeah. thanks a billion. And we're, if anybody wants to you know, catch up with you or, or follow you, Twitter, good spot. Anywhere else you want to point people? Yeah, we got yeah. we got a we got a podcast too on uh, Mark Wallace and I get together every uh, Monday night at seven on Intellectual Radio, oh. and we are and we, and we have we argue. You know, I mean, I'm, I I come at it from the right, he comes at it from the left, and people like it, I guess. But you know, I you know, I I don't know how much progress we're making on changing people's minds and hearts, but. That's what we do on Monday night at seven on Intellectual Radio. All right, we'll check well, it out. I'm, I'm yeah. going to be there because I don't want to watch Justin Fields get his ass kicked again. Oh man, I don't, <laughs> it, 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 isn't that a mess, man? They just can't get it right. On well, that they, you know, they should I, never I, have drafted this kid. I mean, he should have gone to a real good team. He's being destroyed <laughs> here. Poor kid. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think he can see the field. I, I mean. You know, he some guys yeah, because can, he can't. Other guys can't. As soon as he he's gets running the for ball his life. in his hand, he's running for his life. Exactly. You can see and it. it, and they're blaming the line. I don't know that you can really blame the line. Oh, yeah, I just don't think he's. I, I think he's running anyway. <laughs> you got anyway, have, man. Have Walter Payton run him up forty times a game and let his knees go to hell and save Justin Fields' life. Well, that guy, Mon- that guy that. Montgomery, I like him. He's, he's yeah, and he's getting beat guy. up. You see, he can't hardly make it yeah. through the season. All right, Charles. Let's, all right, guys. Hey, look, man. You guys take care. Keep doing what you're doing. We're gonna win this thing. We're gonna save. We're gonna save our city, save our state, save our country. Well, one thing I know, Charles, you are the first winner of the No Trouble Alone Zone Award. Thank you, my so- friend. Remember Congratulations, that. though, Chumbo. Okay. All right. All right, man. Take care. For Charles Thomas, 30-year veteran of Chicago media, political reporter for WLS and the network, trying to deal with the fact that white liberals don't like black people thinking for themselves. And for Jeff Carlin, WGN executive producer who's always thought for himself, always thinking of new pies to make and new trying to get another cat past Christine 
and have more cats in this house than the, I can't even count them all. And for me, John Cass, husband, father, Greek Orthodox Christian, and editor-in-chief of JohnCassNews.com, your favorite place for common sense opinion.